Welcome everyone. Thank you for uh, joining to my today's vlog. Uh, my guest today is amazing photographer who I've been following for many many years. Um, you're doing extraordinary work. Um, his name is, I'm sure you guys know him really well, Zach Sutton. Welcome for you know accepting my invitation and joining the, the, the vlog. Um, so thank you again and um, I have a bunch of questions to you. It seems okay. like you've been in this industry for so long, so your experience and um, everything which you probably will share with us will be very valuable for a lot of a lot of photographers out there. So sure. before we jump into um, you know more detailed questions, I would like to kind of hear a little bit your story. How did you get into photography? What, how, you know, what's what's the story which probably nobody knows. I tried to find something. Yeah, but it seems like you've been a little bit secretive. Like there's a lot of secrets behind it, which I couldn't. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about secrets, but um, I got started. Um, I've always been sort of like kind of the the art kid in my family. So I got started like when I was really young. I would be drawing all the time, and then um, kind of through high school, I was playing a lot of music. My dad was a studio musician growing up, and a very like music centric family. And I think it kind of just started as like a, it probably started from music. It, it, I kind of reached a point where, you know, I was in various bands and stuff okay. and trying to get people to photograph our shows and promo photos and different stuff like that. And just having a pretty tough time finding people that would do that. Okay. So it just kind of reached a point where I was like, I'm going to do it okay. uh, and bought a camera and started shooting like live performances and some like band promo stuff. And then I got into like lighting and that kind of just like changed everything for me. I was always up until that point, I was always like a natural light shooter. Um, I was sort of unsatisfied with like how a lot of my work looked. Okay. And then once I bought a speed light and then that speed light turned into a strobe and then now it's turned into multiple strobes and it, it kind of just, you know, evolved from there. Oh, wow. Okay. So how long you've been shooting? Like what's, Ooh. I mean, I've been shooting professionally for 12, 13 years now. Oh, um, okay. But, it, you know, there was a few years before that where I was, you know, had a camera or, you know, had a DSLR and was, you know, shooting little things here and there, you know, still trying to figure it out. Okay. So it's a still learning process, I think. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm self-taught and I tell people that, like, I'm still figuring stuff out today. Oh. Um, you know, it, you never stop learning, so. Absolutely. So... My next question is, so who inspires you as a photographer? You know, like I know we have all our idols and then, you know, people we look up to. So yeah. who is who is your kind of list of people you, you, you really kind of, I don't know, maybe not going after them, but what I want to say is like, you know, this is the kind of level of photography you would like to do. Uh, I mean, my favorite photographer, I think, will always be Martin Scholler. Okay. I think his creativity and just like his natural ability with lighting and getting his clients to do just some of the weirdest things ever. I think I'm just fascinated by his work, whether it be, you know, he shot female bodybuilders to his celebrity work to kind of everything in between. So that's, that's always sort of my go-to. Um, I, I want to be him someday. Um, okay. <laughs> and then like, you know, as, as you know, I, I've been shooting a lot of beauty over the last couple of years and it, yes. it kind of started as a, um, just rebuilding that portfolio and then it sort of turned into this like oh okay this is I've rebuilt that portfolio and now I'm still shooting it 
Um, so in the beauty world, I'm fascinated by Ben Hassett. Okay. Uh, I'm fascinated by a good friend of mine, Jen Collins. Okay. Uh, Michelle Monique. There's there's a number of beauty photographers that I kind of like follow religiously, um, and I'm just constantly trying to deduct okay. what they've done and how yeah. they do it. So yeah. Well, we we all do that. I yeah. guess, mm -hmm. right? So, awesome. So, you know, now I want to talk a little bit about one of those topics, which, like, I don't want to say I don't want to talk about it, but people, if I'm not going to ask you that question, they're going to go after me and I'm going to get hell from them. Uh -huh. So let's talk a little bit about the gear. And, you know, we kind of okay. get this off, you know, the table as soon as, as we can. Um, so can you tell me a little bit about your gear? Because, you know, you mentioned a few minutes ago it was a little bit of process, right? I think, like... Sure. For most of us, you know, we're starting with the camera, natural light, and then we're getting into some more, you know, more, I would say, precise gear, which can help us to create the vision which we're going um, after. I know there's huge debate over the equipment nowadays, and people yeah. are losing their mind. So I want to talk a little bit about the gear which you're using, and okay. also what is your take on the gear like you know how important that is are you paying a lot of attention to it or you got to the kind of level where the gear is just a tool and you know you know yeah. what to do with this well I, I definitely think that it's just a tool so when i when i started and i think this is kind of true for all photographers um just get really gear obsessed you know you kind of you kind of get into this this hole where you're like well if i just had that i would be able to produce this and you kind of use your lack of gear sort of as excuse. your excuse yes. as to why you're not doing things. So I did that for a really long time and I have an overabundance of gear now. If, if, if you may have noticed on Facebook, I'm constantly posting up <laughs> lenses and stuff that are just like things that I've had for a year or two and I'm like, I've used it once. So um, now my gear, I just bought a Canon 5D Mark IV. Okay. And I only bought that because I had a Mark, uh, 5D Mark III before that. And it's just, it's not even that like I needed the upgrade. It was more of just like, I know that that shutter on that Mark III is probably on its last leg. So yeah. I was like, I better buy a new camera because last thing I want is this thing to fall apart in the middle of a shoot. Um, and then, like I said, I shoot beauty. So mm -hmm. uh, the 100 millimeter Canon Macro L series is on my camera 95% of the time. Mm -hmm. I shoot everything with it. And then, you know, for me, since I'm shooting so much in studio and even when I'm shooting outdoors, I'm using, out, you know, lights. Um, for me, like my lighting gear is way more important than my camera gear ever could okay. be. So I use Profoto B1 strobes. Okay. Um, and then a number of modifiers and I have like a small studio, a personal studio, and I'm constantly like building flags and building weird kind of contraptions to help me shape light even better. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and I've gotten to the point where I'm, I'm far more interested in those kind of things mm -hmm. than I am a new lens or a new camera body or, you know, um, so yeah, that's sort of the bulk of, um, what I use is the Canon 5D Mark IV, hundred millimeter macro, and then just a bunch of different lights and light okay. modifiers. So what is your favorite modifier? If I can, because let's, let's kind of focus on the light because I'm kind of the same, yeah. you know, the camera is just something which we have it and you use it, right? But the the, yeah. the light modifiers and the lighting itself, that's what make a difference, right? Yeah, it's, it's hard to say because, you know, I bounce back and forth with, you know, you kind of, you kind of like fall in love with something and then like a couple months later you found something new so it's like i have a studio 
I mean, I've been shooting for long enough that I have just so many like light modifiers mm-hmm. that I I kind of just neglect and then like kind of rediscover them in like the back of the like storage space mm-hmm. in my studio and be like, oh, what's oh, this? I have oh, that yeah. right. <laughs> so it's like lately I've been obsessed with. I have a Profoto XL white umbrella, mm-hmm. and I used to hate umbrella lighting because like I'm a lighting nerd, so I'm all, all about like precision and you know light. Umbrellas just kind of splash light everywhere, yeah, yeah. and there's not like a lot of precision to it. But I've been using that a ton lately, and I'm just like obsessed with just the soft, beautiful light that comes out of it. Mm-hmm. And I'll often shoot with that. It's an XL, so it's, I mean, it has to be five feet in, you know, in size at least. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a huge umbrella, and I'll often like close it down just a little bit just to give it like more of a deep sort of like zoomed in kind of look to it and then i'm able to control a little bit more so that's like that's my go-to right now okay in terms of like lights that i use um it's it's certainly like a two foot by three foot softbox i use more than anything else it's just such like a perfect size and can kind of you can use it for everything so i use that probably more than anything but my obsession lately has been these giant umbrellas yeah yeah Perfect. Awesome. Okay, so speaking of that, I just want to talk a little bit about the learning part of photography because, you know, mm-hmm. it seems like we've been there's workshops, you know, there's tutorials, there is um, you know, a lot of stuff that we can kind of dive into and then learn, but it seems like our own experience and our kind of own, you know, trying to figure out something yeah. that's the best way. So, can you tell me a little bit about your learning experiences and you know how you learn you know this entire craft i I don't know if this is something which well and i you know to to give my myself a pitch i do teach workshops but okay um, i tell people you know i'm self-taught and the best the best like the best weekend that i've learned in was um when i lived in michigan Mm -hmm. there was a photographer there that i became friends with and he had like a studio in his basement um, and it was a really nice setup and he's an insurance adjuster by day. So he had to like leave town for work or whatever. And pretty much was like, can I give you a key to my place? You can use the studio and then just like bring in the mail. And, you know, like, true, hey? <laughs> right. And that weekend, I mean, immediately I was just like calling up all my friends, pretty much just like buying them a six pack of beer to just sit, you know, sit in a chair and then I would just move lights around them and kind of figure out how lighting worked through that. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the best way to, uh, to learn is to just sort of mess up a lot. And that's kind of how I, I tell people to do it at my workshops is, you know, I teach principles and then, you know, give them that foundation and then be there to assist and help where you can, but then also just encourage them to experiment because that's, you know, you're going to learn more, through messing up and experimenting than you ever will, you know, by setting up a light based on a lighting diagram. Cause that, that's just boring. You know, it's a creative, it's a creative space. So you want to be creative with it. So. Absolutely. And you know, I, I couldn't agree more with you. And I think, cause I do workshops too. And I found <laughs> people would like to get this like blueprint, how to create yeah. the image, but it doesn't work that way. Right. It seems like yeah. we need to figure out kind of own style and also try to, you know, find the solution for certain person, for this certain situation, for certain, you know, like lighting. So there's, yeah. there's way more to it. So speaking of that, uh, let's me jump to the, my next questions. What, what next question, which is 
why did you choose because you, it seems like you've been shooting lately headshots and you know the beauty i think is just really taking over so yeah. why did you choose that over so many different other genres of photography yeah so i i live here in los angeles and i've lived out here for about three and a half years now mm -hmm. um in all of my work i used to shoot a lot of like commercial work kind of commercial portraiture that's like on location sort of environmental work um, and I've always used lighting on location. I always like working with a team because I've always gotten better results. So it's when I moved here, I kind of had like the two things. It was sort of the start of the new year. So you look through your portfolio and you're kind of like, I hate all of this. This is all old work. I want to like wipe it off and start fresh. So I looked through my website and it was my beauty portfolio on my website was by far the weakest of all the portfolio so i was like i'll start there mm -hmm. and also was like that's a great opportunity to build my teams to find makeup artists to find hairstylists to find these people that would be able to help with that because you know you ask any makeup artist in the world the thing that they want to shoot is beauty because that's really kind of highlighting their talents yeah so i looked at it like that i looked at it like you know i think headshots and beauty uh, especially really show that you have like a core grasp of lighting you know there's a lot of like little subtle nuances about it that really can kind of show that you know what you're doing lighting wise and then with beauty especially like retouching and just like making retouching look perfect but not completely overdone so it was like i kind of started on beauty for that reason was just like i'm going to rebuild this portfolio i'm going to make a you know a kick-ass portfolio and um and then go from there and then you know i've been shooting beauty for two and a half years now yeah. um and it just kind of like took over and, and I enjoy doing it. Yes. Um, so it just kind of like took over and I've kind of pushed everything else to the side and just continue to shoot beauty. Yeah. So. And I think also with the beauty, you can kind of spill on the headshots, right? Because when you oh, yeah. kind of get the grasp of good retouching and creating mm -hmm. images, which are more interesting, I think that's also going to draw people into, you know, your work. Right. Yeah. And I think people yeah. are more drawn into the, beauty shots I found like I get a lot of clients not because the headshots but they see some beauty shot and they're like oh I like that better right so they yeah. kind of like elevate your skills to the next level yeah so I let's get yeah. I always get like a lot of flack for it because I live in LA so I oh, live man. in like this place that has sunshine year-round and it's beautiful yeah. weather and I'm always in the studio shooting <laughs> like I should probably be roaming the streets taking photos of you know beautiful people in front of palm trees but yeah just stick well, to the studio. Yeah. Well, I'm jealous of that weather in LA. That's there's no yeah. question about it. Um, actually, yeah. we got snow last week, believe it or not. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I remember I talked to Dylan Patrick, and he's like, "You should go out and shoot a little more outside. Don't you know sit inside." I'm like, "I'll send you the photos." <laughs> you know, right. from, yeah. You know how bad it is Not out there. Easy. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. <laughs> So tell me, um, so this is, I'm going to go into more a little bit details on, you know, your shot. So what is the most important component of the image? So like, I, I know there's, there's several different things. It's, you know, the makeup is the hair okay. is, uh, the lighting, the face expression, the list goes on and on and on. So like, how would you kind of, um, categorize, like, what would be your categories when it comes to, um, you know, those components of, of a yeah. good image. If you could just I tell mean, me. I've always been, you know, a firm believer that the most important thing in terms of, especially, you know, portrait photography is like, you just have to have that connection with your client. Mm -hmm. uh, and 
and it's funny that you bring up Dylan because Dylan and I have had like long talks about this. You know, he teaches headshot workshops and stuff as well. And, you know, it's like I've met so many photographers that just have like a great understanding of lighting, of composition, of retouching of all of these things, but they don't ever interact with their clients. So you end up getting this deer in the headlight yeah. look in every single one of their photos. And it's, you know, I'm a firm believer that regardless if you're working with a model that's been shooting, you know, been having her photo, his or her photo taken forever, there's just something that's like people stand in front of a camera and they're instantly a little uncomfortable. Yes. Um, so you have to address with that. You have to work with them and you have to make them feel comfortable in front of your camera. And, you know, unfortunately, there's not like a class that you can really take no. that, that can, you know, teach you how to do that. Um, so yeah, for me, like the most important thing to like a photo is just making sure that you have this connection with, with your client, with your subject. Um, and then kind of everything else sort of falls to the wayside. So, okay, perfect. Well, I have the same approach and I think yeah. another thing, which is, you know, so unique about what we do is that each client is different, right? And we mm -hmm. come in, when we actually go into the shoot, we're going into some kind of unknown territory that we just yeah. don't know what's going to happen, right? But I yeah. completely agree with you. So I'm going to change the gear a little bit. I want to talk a little bit more about retouching because this is something okay. what, you know, I, I've been trying, well, talk a lot because I, I, I've noticed by looking at so many other photographers and, you know, the questions which are coming to me um, that there's still that kind of attitude that, oh, well, I wanted my images look the best when they're coming out of the camera. And, you know, they kind yeah. of try to blame that, you know, they don't, well, not blame, but they're trying to kind of say that retouching is unnecessary for the work. So with the beauty work, it's something which is extremely important, right? Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. And this is something which you cannot really skip or, you know, kind of replace. So tell me a little bit about your process of, of retouching. Um, you know, do you retouch yourself or you kind of send those images to someone else for retouching? Like if you could just tell me a little bit about your process, because sure. it seems when I look at your work, there is definitely, I would say that kind of consistency, which kind of connects all those images. And I, I can see that this is done by one person because, you know, yeah. if you send the same image to five different retouchers, they look completely different, right? Yeah. So what is your take on it and what's your process of the retouching? Part. Yeah, so I do. Um, I used to retouch all of my work. I used to be sort of neurotic about it and kind of took a stance of, you know, this is my work. Retouching is part of the process. This is my image. I need to do it myself. Um, and then over, like, you know, with beauty retouching, it it takes in order for it to do right, like for you to do it right. There's no real shortcuts. It's just you've got to sit there. It it's not anything that it like. There's no secrets. There's nothing that's like fundamentally difficult mm -hmm. about beauty retouching it just takes forever yes and that's just like the nature of it so um it kind of got to the point where i started shooting my like started shooting beauty and was retouching my own work and it just kind of got overwhelming because you know for me it's like i'm rebuilding this portfolio i want to be turning out work as frequently as possible mm -hmm. and it's really difficult to do if i'm shooting something and then it's going to take me you know an hour hour and a half per photo mm -hmm. to retouch something so I started seeking out retouchers mm -hmm. and my main retoucher is a, a good friend of mine. Her name is Susan. And, um, she sort of approached me. She was familiar with my work. I was familiar with hers and she kind of approached me and was just like, Hey, I'm like kind of doing some retouching on the side. I'd love to work on some of your photos. So I sent her some photos like 
just kind of as like a test. Mm -hmm. uh, and the photos she sent back were great. And I've worked with her for probably two years now, um, okay. pretty consistently. And through that, you know, it's like if I get a set back from her um, that I don't like, I might change something, but I'll show her the changes. So, you know, the whole idea is that you find a retoucher that can like still produce the images that you want and retouch in the way that you want it retouched, um, but just sort of save you time as well. Yes. And, you know, at times I'll use other retouchers as well when she, because she shoots full time too. She retouches for other people, so her schedule's just kind of hectic these days. Yeah. Um, so I'll, I'll find other retouchers, and even with that, it's a it's a lot of communication. It's a lot of like chatting back and forth. When they'll, they'll usually send me like one photo retouched, and then I'll go in and make all of the changes, and then be like, "This is what I did to that photo," mm -hmm. and then through that, it's kind of just that trial and error process. But um, yeah, with beauty photography, retouching is like you can't be a beauty photographer and not retouch um you know it's just it just doesn't work that way so no, no. Or, or not have your images retouched so you know it's a huge it's a huge aspect of the world that i'm in and while i don't condone people being lazy and being like oh we can just fix that in photoshop but i mean i'm very much like a, if you have a tool that can like make your images more interesting mm -hmm. use it like you need to use it and if you're not using it you're sort of doing your own you're doing a misjustice to you know what you're capable of so i'm, I'm a so, huge fan of retouching i think you know when done right it can kind of take everything to the next level absolutely so. but i think also that another thing which is kind of misconception with retouching because there's two types of i think approach to retouching mm -hmm. one of them is you know enhancing an image where you know yeah. you have already good solid image which needs to be kind of polished and you know take to the next level but i also yeah. noticed that there's a lot of photographers out there who are using you know retouching as a kind of tool to fix stuff right oh i'll screw right. up this and you know like the lighting is bad and then like you know image is not sharp like you know the, the list goes yeah. on and yeah. now we're going to sit in photoshop and start fixing all the mistakes which they shouldn't happen in the first place right right yeah no i mean i use photoshop and retouching solely as a tool to enhance the images if there's something that i can fix at the moment you know it's your job to fix it so. yes absolutely so let's do a little bit step back i i know i actually push on that retouching but um one of those things which i would like to ask about and you mentioned that before like a few minutes ago regarding having the right team right like you know yeah. the hairstylist the makeup artist and I want to talk to you because the, in the beauty, those are another couple components which you have to work with the right people. Because, you know, you can have the best lighting, you can have the best retoucher, but if the makeup and the hair, you know, it's it's a mess, there is yeah. nothing what, what we can do, right? So tell me about building your team, you know, and especially I want to talk about the makeup artists because we, yeah. in that industry, we know that this is another you know, huge thing which can take our work to completely different level, right? Oh yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so I, I kind of started on the building the team is, you know, I'm a, I, I fully admit I know nothing about makeup. I'm a complete idiot in that world. And I also know that like bad makeup can in, in some regards be fixed in Photoshop. Mm -hmm. So it can be really hard to like cast the makeup artist and like, you know, put your faith in them. So. A lot of the makeup artists that, like, I have three or four makeup artists that I use for everything. Mm -hmm. And, like, I get messages all the time from makeup artists that want to work together. And I'm just like, 
I kind of got my people that I trust. Yeah. Like, I know this one's great for this. I know this one's great at this, you know, and I just got like my teams assembled. Um, and when I, you know, initially finding them, it was all about, I reached out to people who were beauty photographers in the industry in, in my neighborhood in LA um, that I trust. Mm-hmm. And it was just like, I want my work to someday look like your work. And then pretty much just do have recommendations for makeup artists and kind of use their recommendations mm-hmm. for my work. And then kind of through that, met other people and sort of assembled my teams in that way. Um, but it, it, it's a long process. And it's yeah. like, you know, you've, you've got to kind of trial and error. It gets to the point where you kind of understand what looks right and what doesn't just through, you know, after you've retouched photos long enough yeah. and different things like that, you, you realize who are the good ones and who are the not so not good, good ones. ones. Yeah, absolutely. And I think also, you know, based on my experience, we also learn from them, right? Because, you know, I was exactly the same as you said. I had no idea anything about makeup. Yeah. And, you know, there's someone in coming in and, you know, they do own thing and then you just like, okay, let's, let's try that, right? But I think that... Mm-hmm during the process of shooting those you know beauty shots you know the, the, everyone is learning from each other right and then right. the more you work with these people seems like you know they also elevate their their, their quality of work to the next mm-hmm. level right so yeah absolutely perfect so now i want to actually um show you some stuff so i dove okay. into your instagram account and i pull out some images so what i would like to do i'm going to show you the image and yeah. if you could just tell me a little bit of, I would say, behind the story, um, maybe sure. a little bit some technical stuff um, about the shoot itself, what was the shoot for, you know, whatever information you want to share to just give me a little bit more, I would say, feedback and kind of informations about the, 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 the image. Cause, and, yeah. and, and I have to say, your work is stunning. I mm-hmm. absolutely love your images. And um, so I just would like to know a little bit more about the stuff, what you're doing and some maybe details of the shoot so this is the first image which yeah. i pull out okay um so that photo um was just a test shoot so it was you know we live in kind of the era of um instagram and different things and you know i've booked the majority of like my beauty like paid jobs and stuff have come from instagram mm-hmm. um so one of the techniques that you kind of have to employ is just constantly creating new work all yes. of the time so that was just i had some downtime and i had set up a shoot and that photo is actually with one of my favorite makeup artists her name's maddie north okay. um and we were talking and it was like we hadn't worked together in a few weeks so it was like let's set something up so we reached out to a couple agencies here in la got like a package of models that were interested and available in testing and, and picked her and then um Kind of went from there and it was just a standard like clean beauty nothing nothing too crazy but it's um you know it's nice when you get you know i get along so well with maddie the makeup artist that it's just you know it's kind of like hanging out and mm-hmm. it's model comes over and it's just like three people hanging out so i keep my shoots really really casual uh and that's just sort of one of the images that we got i'm always i'm always a fan she's kind of got like a little bit of attitude to her yes. she's she's like eastern european so she's just like naturally got like a little bit of feist Okay. Um, well, so you can you know, see that. That well, the the the, the, ex- the face expression is just brilliant, right? You can, yeah, as you said, it's yeah. Like, and you know, I started as a headshot photographer um, through all of this. So you know, as you know, it's all about kind of like grabbing somebody immediately and kind of and you know getting their attention immediately. So she kind of 
she kind of like gave a like one of those like snarls just sort of accidentally mm-hmm. at one point and I was just like no give me that I want the <laughs> attitude I don't want the simple like smiling or you know looking off like I want that attitude so yeah. uh, she started giving me some like furrowed brows and just kind of went with it so yeah it's it's a gorgeous shot okay yeah. so the next image I want to show you this is well, one of my favorite—I I don't know—is just the colors. The, the the entire image is just brilliant. I think I know which one it is. Yeah. This one. Yep. Yeah. Um. So that photo is uh, with a good friend of mine, Angel. She's a model here in LA, mm-hmm. and she was, I think, the first model I worked with in LA for a beauty shoot. Mm-hmm. Like I had not done anything and. I'm not even entirely sure how we got in touch. I think she may have reached out to me or I may have reached out to her, but either way, like I've worked with her probably a dozen times since then. Um, and we just get along really, really well. Um, so she got booked for a hair campaign or I think it's called Arctic Fox. Okay. And it was, it you know, they make the crazy bold colored hair stuff. So she like texted me as she was getting her hair dyed. She had to sit in a chair for 10 hours as they dyed her hair this rainbow color and she's like i'm getting my hair dyed for this hair campaign i'll only have my hair like this for a week because immediately after this campaign my agency is going to be like change it back to normal colors mm-hmm. she's like we've got to shoot this so they were doing the campaign ended up being kind of like steampunk out in the desert sort of look so i was like i just want to do like a really really beautiful like beauty image in the studio so we we set the entire shoot up in the course of maybe 24 hours oh, wow. um, because we had such a short timeline. And I was able to get my friend Haley on board, who's a, a brilliant makeup artist. I was able to get Jared on board as, in hair. and He's a brilliant hairstylist. Uh, and it just all kind of came together. And um, we were able to shoot it. And, yeah, it's one of my favorite images as well. Well, so. it's, a, it's a killer shot for sure. You know, mm-hmm. And I think that it, this is one of those images which you cannot just kind of pass by right like you're just scrolling yeah. through you know some crazy stuff on instagram and then you see this image like this and you just like you just push the brakes <laughs> right, yeah right yeah. away and then you have to yeah. like dig into this and just look at it perfect okay so my next shot what i want to show you is this one okay uh That's... what i yeah oh, sorry go ahead no no i just want to say it's a, it's a beautiful shot and and one of those things which i love about this shot is the the toning i don't know what you have done here Probably yeah. it's going to be a secret, but I, I it, it just kind of complements the entire image, and it's it's yeah. really cool. Um, so that shot was, um, I, in fact, I just worked with that model again two days ago, three days okay. ago. Um, that shot is just we. She had hired me to shoot some clean beauty work, okay. um, so I got my friend Amaya, Omaya, that's a makeup artist, to come along, and it was just simple clean beauty and. Um, if you go through my portfolio, you know I'm obsessed with that like background color. It's mm-hmm. called Pecan by okay. Savage. It's just like this like kind of muted peachy color. But then judging by how you light it, you can just like mash skin tones perfectly. So mm-hmm. in terms of like the toning on the image, because I've been asked that a multiple times. Oh, like, okay. The toning on this is crazy. There's not any like drastic toning done to the image. It's just like when you're able to match that skin tone so well with the backdrop. Mm-hmm. You're able to just kind of like pull out like these really really great natural tones out of the skin so um i shot just on that backdrop and then what i did was i flagged in so i kind of had her standing between two black flags and that's able to give that contrast and definition 
in the lighting. So it's like I'm able to use bigger lighting, which gives like really soft, elegant glow, mm -hmm. but then like kind of cuts hard into black on their cheekbones yes. um, just by those black flags. So um, yeah, yeah. But I also found there's certain people who have that. I don't know, specific skin tone, which just works perfectly, yeah. right? And oh, sometimes yeah. you have someone who, you know, is, is really beautiful, but as soon as the light hit the person's skin, it, it doesn't work as well. But I think in this case, as you said, you know, like if it's not even too much done when it comes from the, you know, retouching perspective, yeah. you know, she, she probably has this type of skin, which, you know, camera loves that, right? Yeah, I wish I could take credit for like the toning, but yeah, yeah, it came down to like a brilliant makeup artist and a <laughs> great skin on them. Oh, you can, you can, you can take it. You can just, you know, <laughs> uh, it was all me. Yeah, absolutely. You should have seen it before. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Perfect. Okay, so the next image, um, what I really like about it is the such a kind of clean approach, and you know, I just want to show you the image, and then we can kind of discuss yeah. this a little bit more. But it's just pure beauty image yeah. um so can you tell me a little bit about it because it's another image and i think the the, the pose the, the 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 retouching um i i know there's huge discussion about the hands in the image but in this case it, it just kind of complements the image right yeah i i typically try to keep hands out of images um just because they can look weird really easily yes um so we just happened to get really lucky with her. You know, she kind of placed her hands on her face, but it was really natural and simple. Um, I can kind of deduct that image a little bit in terms of, you know, how I shot it. So that was uh, another shoot with um, my makeup artist, Haley. And we kind of got set up. We were just going to do simple, clean beauty work. The model showed up. And the model, obviously, she's gorgeous. Um, she was kind of a little broad-shouldered. Okay. And like kind of a like a shorter neck. So it's like after makeup was done, we sit her down and like the first twenty-five photos that I took, I just like wasn't happy with yeah. it at all. <laughs> and it was all about like kind of adjusting your shooting angle and stuff. So when I shot lower on her, I was able to extenuate her neck a bit. Mm -hmm. And then you know, I would kind of turn her in very direction very directions and it would make her neck a lot longer. It would kind of like shrink her frame a bit. Mm -hmm. Um and it's one of those things where it's like if you saw her in person, you would never be like, oh, she has a short neck and like broad shoulders. Like, it's just something that you see as like a photographer. Yeah, like, yeah, oh, yeah. this kind of photograph's <laughs> weird. So there's a lot of trial and error. And I was honestly really focused on her neckline and kind of giving that really long, elegant neck. So it ended up like I decided I was going to backlight it. So the, the backdrop in that is actually a, I think it's a four foot or maybe, no, five foot octobox. Oh, okay. And I just, set okay. that up right behind her so I could have it kind of overpowering everything else. Yeah, it's like a sort of giving her this beautiful rim light as well. Absolutely. And then we just kind of went from there. I think I think I probably had like an umbrella in front and the Octobox and I just sort of had her sandwiched between the two. Mm -hmm. And I was just able to get this like soft, elegant light kind of bouncing back and forth on her. Uh, and it just, it worked out perfectly. Perfect. So, and also yeah. what was so interesting, what you have said, because I experienced that so many mm -hmm. times, when you know you're starting the photo shoot and you know you have this beautiful model makeup is great lighting is you know perfect and there's something which doesn't work right and we yeah. see that it just bugs you and then you start kind of going on that search for right. angles you know different different things but that's well, and and that's and that kind of reiterates the point that we made earlier of like you know i wish i wish that you could just 
put a lighting diagram and it would work for everyone. You know, you could just set up lights and have it permanently affixed. But like people's faces are different and there's like subtleties in their faces and you have to work with that. I've worked with models that are just like absolutely gorgeous, but they have kind of dark, like deep setted eyes. So if you light them from above, you end up getting these raccoon eyes under their eyes. So you almost have to light them straight up. And it's just sort of all about like acknowledging those little subtleties yes. and lighting their face in a way that works best for them. Absolutely. And, you know, and it's also what you said that each person is different, right? There's mm-hmm. no, as you said, you know, the kind of blueprint and then you can go for it. Um, yeah. But I think, you know, that's what makes us kind of um, experts, at, at, you know, per se, that, you know, we can find those, you know, kind of ways yeah. to find the, the right angle, the right lighting for each person, right? Yeah. Okay. So the next shot, I'm just going to go straight to it. Yeah, the, the, the segue is perfect because that's actually a model that um, she does have sort of deeper set eyes. Yeah. So it's like I've worked with, or, you know, I was looking through her portfolio um, before I like selected her, like as somebody I wanted to work with. And it just like wasn't not to like dog on like her portfolio because she's absolutely gorgeous and the work in her portfolio is great. I just like nothing really stood out too much. Mm-hmm. And then it wasn't until I was assisting a friend of mine who's a beauty photographer and they had cast, I was assisting her for a campaign and they had casted that model for that campaign and was pretty much, not only was I like just charmed by her because she had such a great attitude and personality, mm-hmm. but like just seeing her face and like being like, oh, people have been lighting your face wrong. Like, mm-hmm. I want to work with you. Um, and it's the same backdrop, as I said before, that yeah. pecan. I'm obsessed with that color. because I can tell. It's like... <laughs> beautiful like skin tones like this rich color out of it um and yeah that was like i said the same thing it was just all about like recognizing you know recognizing the subtleties in the face and just you know lighting it in a way that like works really well for that so i ended up lighting her kind of straight on i think it was with like a beauty dish and a bounce from below so Mm -hmm. kind of standard beauty lighting okay um but it's like instead of having the beauty dish kind of angled straight down i ended up kind of having it angled towards her to make sure she didn't get those racking eyes. Yes. So. Okay, so the last shot, um, I think, is one of the most your recent images. Okay. Oh, man, that's today. Oh, is it's it? Today. You see? Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm on it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's possibly one of my favorite photos that I've taken. Okay. Um, yeah, I have I have an entire set of photos. Stay tuned on that one. Okay. a bunch of weird stuff. Um, that was a makeup artist was traveling to LA from Florida. Okay. And he had, I believe, booked a shoot with a friend of mine who's a great beauty photographer, Jen Collins. Mm-hmm. And Jen was unable to do it because of scheduling. Um, so she referred him to me. Okay. Um, and he had sort of like a loose concept in mind. And then through that, we were able to cast the model, um, get hair on board, and just kind of assemble this team. So we ended up shooting, I think, eight hours that day. Oh, wow. It was an all-day shoot. And I am like known for doing like two looks. Like I want to shoot for two, three hours tops. And then I'm like, I need my nap. So (laughs) it was a really long day, but we had sort of built this narrative um, where it's like the, the first shots of the day are very clean. They're shot on like kind of a light pink backdrop. And then they just sort of transition. I've got one that has like these flares in it. And that's supposed to like, it's sort of supposed to document the day. So it's like, the first straight, clean, beautiful, like simple beauty stuff is like morning. And then I've got these like weird flares and stuff and that's midday. Mm-hmm. And then the, like, 
it kind of turns into the spotlight type lighting and then from there that's the last look and it's just like we at that point i was like i want it to be sort of like cosmic mm -hmm. and sort of like this weird you know like glitter on the face and the gl glitter sort of like star trails and you know shooting you know a very you know very different from what i would normally shoot probably but that was lit through a lot of trial and error so since i wanted this you know this like kind of motion and like if you look closely you can kind of see like there's some motion in the glitter and there's like these yeah. lines that kind of yeah. glitter hits so i ended up lighting it with a beauty dish camera right and then a, uh, a light with a magnum reflector camera left and that was just solely to like bring a little light into the eyes mm -hmm. and then i had a kino flow four bank oh, wow. um which is a consistent fluorescent light set up and that was just for you know because i was dragging the shutter so i was shooting that at like a half a second shutter speed on oh, wow. a tripod and then that was able to kind of catch the movement and get that like light into the glitter and then the backdrop was just gelled with a scion a cyan uh, gel on one side and like a purple one on the other okay. and just kind of like went from there and it was it's a lot of trial and error but at that point we had been working together for seven hours that day so like we just kind of like got got it got we it. just like in our group yeah. um and yeah like i said those are some of my favorite images well it seems like it's a really high tech people are gonna get so confused about it <laughs> i know well and it's it was all about kind of like building one light at a time you know yeah. it was like all right I need I need a consistent light. I need a light that's always on to be able to light her while I drag the shutter. So I brought out a Kino floral, mm -hmm. and then it was like from there, I was like, all right, I'm gonna add this light. And it, it's just building. Building, you know, yeah. You, you kind of just build out the process. What you need to do, so. Yeah, and she also reminds me one of the Polish really well-known model. I don't know, if you know her, Anya Rubik. The name sounds super. Yes, super I'll send you the link to her. And and you know when I look at her, I like I. I thought that you shot her. I was just like, holy oh. smokes. Yeah. And she's yeah. like one of the top models, I think, in, in Poland. But also, I think she, yeah, she works with like the, you know, the, all the top magazines and like she's really known in that industry. Yeah. So, so I got a little bit jealous, but yeah. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. Awesome. Thank you for all that input that, that, you of know, course. it's pretty cool. So I have a couple more questions to you. So now we're going to kind of, go a little bit back to you know the, the 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 beginning of kind of like you know for people i, I want to give i would like to kind of get from you some advice for people who starting off you know it seems yeah. you know you have a lot of experience a lot of shoots under the belt a lot of years behind you so what would you say and one of the i don't know two or one or two advices to someone who is just starting off you know they they just get the camera they they want to be photographers and they want to kind of follow that career so what would you tell to someone like that i mean you know the best advice i always tell anybody is to just just do it you know for for so long when i was starting off i would have these like interesting concepts in mind or these ideas that i wanted to shoot but i just shelled them for forever because it was like a oh i I don't want to do this and if I'm not good at, if I can't you know execute it to the level that I envision it I don't want to do it and they end up just sitting on that shelf forever like you have to realize that like your skills are always going to improve and if you have a good idea and you shoot it you can always reinvestigate that idea in a couple of years when you're even better you know yes. if you're not satisfied with those images so I tell people like 
just shoot, like just go out there and do it. And like, don't be afraid to mess up. It's really easy to get discouraged, but you know, we live in the digital era where, you know, messing up doesn't cost money or it doesn't cost the amount of money that it did, you know, 20 years ago when yes. people were burning through film and like, you know, these things took time. So it's just do it. And, you know, don't make excuses for yourself on like gear. Like I shoot in a garage. Like my studio is just a garage that I converted over. Mm -hmm. I have beauty photographers, like friends of mine who are beauty photographers who have shot global campaigns for CoverGirl, and they'll shoot stuff in their living room on yeah. their downtime. You know, there's, there's. If you're just shooting something because you have a weird idea and you want to like get it on paper, there's no reason that you need to go out and rent a. 3,000 square foot studio and yeah. you know thousands of dollars worth of life like use what you have and just you know see if it works um, so that's like my biggest piece of advice um, and then you said two huh <laughs> <laughs> um, my other one would just be like I guess just kind of take critique well okay. um, I think you know it's easy to get wrapped up in this you know, this world of, you know, you'll post photos and some people will just kind of like, pardon my language, but kind of just shit on your stuff. Yes. And I remember when I started off, I like, I would like go through their portfolio and yeah. like, they don't know what they're talking about. <laughs> and it's kind of one of those things where it's just like, just because somebody's work isn't at this top tier caliber, doesn't mean that they don't have input. So yeah. I say just kind of maintain an open mind. Know that like everybody's trying to improve. Uh, and there's no reason that you need to like add poison to the industry by having a bad attitude. So it's like whenever anybody like critiques my work, I always have like friends or fans of my work kind of like rush to defend me. Okay. And I'm just like, no, no, no. Like those are all good points. Like yeah. he's right. I should, you know, brighten the background a little bit more. I should do this or whatever. Um, and it's just, it's important to kind of keep, keep like a humbleness about you and keep, like keep yourself at a place where you recognize that there's there's always improvements to be made and even the best photographers in the world like they make mistakes yeah. yeah they don't do everything perfect all of the time so. absolutely i was watching actually uh I, i'm really i'm glad you actually brought that point because uh <laughs> yesterday i was watching i'm sure you know this guy uh gary vaynerchuk and then he oh, yeah. had this keynote speech in i think orlando or some somewhere in states and um, yeah. actually, he was actually making the same point you were making that, you know, you have to be very reserved on all those, you know, um, people who are, you know, going after you. But the one point what he says, and really that that really stuck to me, he says, like, you know, if someone is finding the time to sit down on the computer and make you an essay about how bad your work it is, you know, it's, yeah. it says more about them that they have nothing else to do. Than right. about you who are trying and you know you, you you're doing yeah. things you you're trying to progress you try to learn something right, but I, right. I I'm, I'm I, you know but I also think that it's so interesting that we're living in this world where there's more negativity that you know you know people try to support you encourage you you know try to kind of I don't know kind of tell you that you know you're on a good path whatever right it's always those right. bunch of trolls who you know they just like waiting for you to post something and they can just yeah. kind of jump into this and then kind of trash your your work right on the right. spot right well and i used to be the uh i used to be the features editor at a website called f stoppers yes and I, I managed the staff for years and you know i would constantly have to tell people you know because 
like all websites, the comments on that website can sometimes be really toxic and just really just vindictive and yes. mean spirited. Um, and I would tell people, you know, we would get new writers in all the time and they would write two articles and be like, I'm done here. Like, this is, <laughs> those comments are killing me. And I would always be like, don't read the comments. A. And if you read the comments, like you have to recognize like, you know, there are three people in the comments that are, are, are just being asses. And it's like, but you had 10,000 people read this article. Like, yes. so there was 9,997 other people that read this article and was just like, okay, cool. And moved on. Mm-hmm. And like the same, the same stays for when you're posting a photo on Instagram, when you're posting a photo on, you know, Facebook, anywhere, it's the large majority of people will see so it, course. move on, see it, like it, whatever. Uh, and then there are those few people that will, you know, kind of make it their liberty to kind of tear it apart and you you can't focus on those people because they're they're definitely in the minority even though their voice seems to be the loudest absolutely and i think that what is so interesting and you know i i was trying to kind of think about those stuff you know once in a while because you know you Mm -hmm. can get 40 let's say positive comments which Mm -hmm. well you're happy right you know you're excited but then you have this one comment which is kind of (laughs) it's just like you can put this all 40 comments into the closet right because it's like they don't mean anything okay so we got into my last question um so could you tell me what kind of impact you would like to make on you know this industry Okay. What's 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 your goal with you know what you're doing, you know if you could just I don't know just give me some. Yeah, I mean for me it's always final been, thoughts. I've always kind of found art, whether it be you know drawing, whether it be writing music, whether it be you know whatever. I've always used it as sort of an outlet for me. Mm-hmm. So you know I create a lot of work for me, and it's just you know because I have a weird idea and I want to express it in some way shape or form or i just like want to like hone in my talents you know there's a variety of reasons mm-hmm. for it so it's like whenever anybody asks me like what kind of impact you're you want to make like you know i've always kind of been selfish with my photography and it's always been just sort of like this is sort of my thing and it, you know obviously i i make a living doing it i'm fortunate enough to where i've got clients that trust what i want to do enough to hire me for things um so for me it's just like continue to improve continue to get like bigger named clients and people that trust me even further, obviously with like a little more money would be great. Um, And just like, you know, I'm always like fascinated that like my work can inspire so many people. You know, I I grew up in a small town in Michigan that nobody's ever heard of. And, you know, just looking back at, I went back a couple weeks ago to visit uh, my family and sort of surprised my mom on her birthday and just like, seeing all of these people I went to like high school and college with that are like kind of like low key proud of me. Mm-hmm. They're like, Oh, he's out there in LA, like living this life. And I'm just like, well, you guys got it a little wrong. I live a pretty modest life, but yeah. sure. Um, a lot of work behind, right? Exactly. And it's just like, so I just want to continue to inspire people. I still want to just, I just want to continue to constantly be improving my work, constantly using photography sort of as this like outlook outlet for expression, like expressing myself, and then, you know, hopefully getting some attention from other people as well um, that, that find my work inspiring or, you know, it, it challenges them in some way, too. So perfect. 
Awesome. So that was absolute pleasure chatting with you. Yes, thank you. Thank you for all your input. You know, um, I will be looking forward to see more of your work because it's not only beautiful, but it's also very inspiring for a lot of people. Yeah. Um, and also, thank you for accepting this invitation and, you know, for of this course. little chat. Um, as I said, that was, um, I'm, I'm absolutely honored and, and super happy that I could even meet you in person. You know, maybe yeah. we're a little bit of distance, but we have a chance yeah. to chat face to face. So thank you for yeah. everything. Thank you. Thank and, you for having me. And um, I'll link all the, um, you know, your website, your um, social media platform to, um, to this vlog so people can you know check what you do and i'm sure most of the guys they already know who you are and you know like <laughs> they they're following you so yeah. um thank you so much of course thank you thank you for having me it's been a lot of fun okay thank you <laughs>